Hey everyone, welcome back to Every Second Counts Podcast. My name is Tom Ettinger, I am your host, and we are on episode 7, and it is titled Hero Stock with Jason Steiner. I'm extremely excited to have him on, Marine, doing great things in the veteran community. So without further ado, I would like to welcome everybody, Jason Steiner. Jason Steiner, welcome to the show, brother. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing outstanding. Good. So, so tell me more about Jason Steiner and how you began your military career. So it's kind of actually a funny story. My, I never had any intention of going in the military. Um, I had family that was in the military. My dad was an officer in the Army, uh, National Guard. Uh, I had an uncle that served over in Vietnam. My great-grandpa, he or my grandpa, he served in uh, uh, World War II. Um, so there are a lot of backstory there with the, the military family. It was never really on my radar. Um, started working construction when I was 18, working with my dad for just a guy down at a local town here and and uh, realized I really wasn't going anywhere with life. And I was kind of mm-hmm. kind of unsatisfied where I was at. And I got a postcard in the mail that said, hey, give me 15 minutes of your time. And I'll give you a free set of dog tags. And I was like, cool, man. I, I think dog tags are badass. So yeah, let's, let's do this. And recruiter okay. comes down and he's like, Hey, you know, what do you like to do? And I said, well, you know, I rode bulls. I love shooting. I love archery, you know, and, Oh, we got a team for all that. You know, whatever you want to do, man, you sign the dotted line. You can be on whatever team you want to be on. I'm like, all right, cool, man. That, that sounds cool, but you still don't have me. Like I'm still, I still just want these dog tags. You can, you can pound sand at any point in time. And, and, uh, so he, he, he knew that he was losing me. He goes, give me, give me a couple minutes. He runs down to his car. He grabs the dress blues and brings them up and he goes, slip them on, button them up and see what you think. And I walked in the bathroom. I buttoned them up. I was like, dude, sign me up. Like the <laughs> awesome. I want a set of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I did. I signed the dotted line that night. Um, I was supposed to ship September. This was probably March time frame that I, I signed. Um, I was supposed to ship September. He, I go through the, the prelim stuff. Um, everything checks out good. He calls me up in early May and he goes, hey, we got a slot May 12th. You want to go? I'm like, yeah, cool. well, let's go. To, let's go. Not realizing May 12th is Mother's Day. He picked me up on Mother's Day of 1996 to take me up to Omaha to fly to to San Diego. Um, Joined, you know, got in there, uh, did boot camp, um, ended up being an 1833 Amtracker. So amphibious assault, we hauled the crunchies around from ship to shore and bounced them around in the back of the track, tried to smoke them out with the diesel smoke. <laughs> uh, did that for two years, uh, about a year and a half. And then I got mm-hmm. moved over to the landmine clearing platoon. So we had 1500 pounds of C4, three rocks <laughs> and we'd bounce it around in the back of the track and pull up to the Constantina wire. You launch the rocket, lay the, the C4 down, hit the button, and blow it all up. And so that was a pretty cool gig. Um, when I was in, I had a great staff sergeant, my, my mm-hmm. first platoon. I had a great staff sergeant. I had a great sergeant that I was under as my section leader. 
Um, they both really watched out for me, kind of took me under their wing. And uh, so I, I, I got qualified to be a mar- marksmanship instructor when we were over in Okinawa for six months. Oh, okay. And uh, so they, they needed a marksmanship instructor. The guy was EAS. And, and so they grabbed my staff sergeant ended up moving up there when we first got back. And he grabbed me and pulled me up to be the, the marksmanship instructor for our battalion. So I got last two years, I got to, to train 1,100 Marines and corpsmen on rifle and pistol. So that was kind of my time in the service. Um, I wanted to reenlist, stay in as an MP, go baseline MP, because I knew that I wanted a family. And there were some issues with the their career liar. I mean, the career recruiter um, <laughs> to, to, for the retention. And uh, so I ended up getting out. I moved back to Nebraska. Um, my brothers all do flooring. So I jumped into the flooring business with them. Um, started my own business in January, 2000, 2001. Um, and then 2019, I actually got involved with nonprofits. Um, that was kind of my first good experience with veteran services outside of, you know, the military. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I had kind of a bad experience when I first got out and, pushed away from anything veteran for basically 19 years, 18 years. Um, got approached before you, we got to jump back before you even go further, because I, I feel that is a, uh, is not just a personal thing, but I think that's a thing that happens to a lot of people. They do their first tour or in my case, I retired, but once you get out, there's that isolation period or, or there's that just, I, I just, I, I can't acknowledge it, but I've seen it a lot to where people do their first tour, they get out, but then it's like, it's, it's, it's different because that transition is only, is only known by that person that got out. Right. Because that's a different, different set of eyes because um, like I was talking with someone the other day you that's a very difficult journey once you get out of the military because no one is there there's classes there's nonsense and especially when you got out pre 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 9-11 and and being in garrison in the marine corps all you had was a bunch of old salt dogs who it was this garrison and you know spit shine iron and it, it wasn't it wasn't the marine corps that you know we would know for the next 20 years, what what it would drastically turn into. And I think uh, the process of people coming out, that taste that you described, I think that that turns a lot of people bad. If you don't mind me asking, what was uh, the exit plan when you were getting out? Um, When I was, when I was first getting out, I was, I was planning on coming back here and going to school. Mm -hmm. Um. I got married my, when I was in my second year of being in the military, um, to my wife that we've been married 24 years, five years, something like that, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, after but, 20, we just go, yeah, it was, it's been another year. Yeah. 20, right. Right. 20 something. <laughs> exactly. 20 something. Um, no, we, we, uh, the day as we were coming back, I took about a three week drive back. We went through Vegas, Grand Canyon, Tombstone, just kind of toured our way back. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to Vegas and the wife goes, I don't feel good. 
And we found out that she was pregnant when we got back here with my son. Um, so I was like, well, we're going to, you know, I'm going back to go to school, um, mm -hmm. learn something. Then she wanted to go back to California and school got pushed off. You know, you had a brand new baby. I had to pay for that. And, and, uh, so I ended up jumping into the flooring business and, and just kind of have done it ever since. Um, well, what was the reason for besides, you know, trying to be PMO besides trying to just go the MP route? Was it just, you know, NP's route's not available or the career planner, they were just trying to keep you in your MOS or yep. is, yeah, that, is yeah. that what it pretty they, much they was? Wanted, yeah, they wanted me to re-enlist in, in tracks. And they're like, well, as soon as a spot opens, then we'll move you over. And and I said, I looked at the gunny. I said, I'm sorry, gunny. I said, you know, I'm looking at some of these guys that's been here for 15 years. And they said the same thing happened to them at year four. You know, they went to reenlist and <laughs> and they're still here 15 years later. You know, they never got moved. And I'm like, if I can't get this spot, then, you know, I'm probably not going to stay. And and uh, come to find out there was open boat spaces that I could have went over to MPs. Yeah. Um, but he the, the career recruiter, actually, he got busted for DUI and got shoved up there as a career recruiter to, just to finish out his time. Um, he so, was hard working. Yeah, I mean, he didn't. He yeah, he didn't really care if anybody stayed or if anybody went. He he sat there and pushed papers and killed the time until he got out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, nine eleven happened. I I I really really struggled with that. Um, mm -hmm. I was there was there a thought to to join another branch or to to jump back into something? I, I actually wanted to jump back into the Marine Corps. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I. I I dealt with that struggle of I've got a nine month old son. Do I reenlist, go back in and know that I'm going to be front lines because I'm a combat MOS. Mm -hmm. um, do I play it safe, stay home, raise my family? You know, I've done my four years, What you know, and I struggle with that a lot and, and I still do, you know, there's, oh, still, I, I agree still completely. Yeah, I dealt with the same thing. I, I, as soon as I got back from Afghanistan after my first uh, four years, it was, you know, boat spaces, reenlisting. And it's like, what do I do now? Right. <laughs> like, do I right. stay in? Do I want to do this? And right. it's, a, it's a very tough time in someone's life because, like you said, if you, if you, if you jump back in, Iraq, Ramadi, where, where am I going? Afghanistan. Right. And, and at that time, no one knew where anyone was going or what we were exactly. going to be doing. Right, right, right. You know, and and you get out of the military where you're told when to eat, when to drink, when to run, when to sit, you know, mm -hmm. where to stand. You come into a world where you don't, there is no rules. Like there's rules, but there's there's not that that strict structure that you're so used to. And I really struggled with that. Um, that was probably actually the hardest part for me was when I got out and seeing that you don't have to be up at zero five hundred to go for a PT run at, you know, at zero five thirty and and you're eating chow at this time and and so it was really a struggle for me. Um what were you just, like 20, 23, 24 by, by that time? Twenty two. I was twenty two at the 22. time. Yeah. And that that's a scary part. I mean a lot of people only if you served and if you I mean I want to say probably 50% of the Marine Corps is like that. I mean, I was 19 when I got married and, you know, right. but 19 with a mortgage and I, you know, you only know this much of what the Marine Corps told you. 
Right. You know what I mean? And, and I think once you get out, I mean, I just retired two years ago um, in March in 2021. And it still kind of feels like I'm 18 because the walls have come down. Right. And it's like, I, I have, I have options now. Right. Right. You <laughs> have to figure weird. out how to navigate the real world and, mm-hmm. and not have that person above you telling where you got to be at this time. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a huge transition when you, when you step out of that Absolutely. super structured place into a world of basically chaos. Absolutely. And I went into a world of contractors and, mm-hmm. you know, contractors, they're known for doing drugs they're known for drinking. They're known, you know, and it's like, this isn't the world that I'm used to, mm-hmm. you know, and it took a long time to adjust to it. Um, and I mean, I have, you know, I have now, but there's still times when I look at it and I'm like, why didn't I just stay in <laughs> mm-hmm. my 20 years, 25 years, whatever it was. And then, you know, I could have at least retired then had pension and, and got out. But, um, you know, I kind of figure that everything happens for a reason. There's, Absolutely. there's no such thing as a coincidence. It's everything happens for a reason. So whether it be, you know, if I would have reenlisted, I might not be here today, you mm-hmm. know? And, and so I kind of look at that side of it too. And I'm like, you know, the big man had a bigger plan for me than what I had for me. So it, I, think, uh, I think that's powerful to say that because um, it kind of hit me the same way. Once you go on this trip and, and you get excited about doing veteran things and talking to veterans and it, 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 that purpose seems, you know, for me, it felt like, you know what, this is what I'm, this is why I'm here now. This yep. is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, I had the tools. I got given the tools along the way. Right. And and then now it's like you can't just turn your back once you get out. This is like it only begins now because now I'm a veteran. Right. So now I'm a veteran. Now now I could, you know, now I'm going to the VA. Now I could see everything. And right. And when, once you once you enter that world and you 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 don't want to be involved with anything or I didn't. I didn't want right. to be. I wasn't. I was the gray one gray T-shirt USMC guy. I didn't have right. the stickers. I wasn't a, you know, motivated, yep. look at this kind of guy. And um, once you get out, it's, there's that stigma. I felt, I felt it, that it didn't exist. Right. I felt it like ego wise. Like, you know, I yep. stepped away from a lot of people I served with for the last couple of years, just because my time was over. Right. But I, I, I was only trying to secure myself and actually it, it did nothing for me positively but right. push you know push relationships off yep. how was how was it with your wife how, how was it family wise with, with with you know young baby just getting out of the marine corps chaos in the world and you're you're just trying to make not now you're sprinting right right <laughs> it, it was a struggle man i mean it you know starting your own business at, at 22 years old um brand new baby um, you know, scraping to make ends meet. Um, it was tough, you know, and, and we both had a job, we both worked. Um, but it, you know, we, we trudged through it and, and pushed forward. And, and I focused a lot on work, building the business, um, mm-hmm. and making it to where it is today. And, and, uh, and she focused on the kids and that kind of thing. And, and so it was, it was a good, good combination. Yeah, it's that's the only way. Unless you find that combination, I think it's very difficult to yeah. to 
make it through life without that that person that's there that will get it and understand. Yeah. Because a lot of people, if you if you've ever been stationed in a Marine Corps town, there's a lot of people that don't get it. Yep. <laughs> a lot of spouses yep. that that you know they they have it's not the it's not a normal job. You're not dating or married to a normal person anymore. Right. Right. The, right. The obligation comes first. Yep. And yep. and I think you know I did I did 12 years on recruiting duty and that's not a lot of time home. I did a lot of time traveling. Um, and I, and I, and I could feel the same way, especially when you get out and now you're searching and it's, it's, it's hard because there is no, especially at that time, there was no handouts. There was no anyone there besides your, I, I, I would say you, both of your guys surrounding family, right? It, it's, Hey, it's, it, it's, it's sink or swim. But, but even that, you know, like, like your family doesn't understand unless they were with you, they don't understand the, the full spe- spectrum of Marine Corps. No, it's, it's different than, a, than any other service. Like it's, it's a different brotherhood. It's a different, and, and that might sound bad that I say it that way, but it's, it's a, it's almost a cult, Absolutely. you know, that, that, and they don't understand that side of it. Um, yeah. I think as a Marine, um, and I, I kind of spoke on this on another podcast, and I, I've been I've been just recently realizing this that we set a, our own kind of expectation. Yep. And when people don't meet it, it, it becomes a we're by ourselves again. Yep. But w- their expectation might be different as well, right? Because they have no idea. They, you know, it's easy to have our own mind play tricks on us along the way. Right. And as soon as you don't get that positive reinforcement, that positive feedback of what you expect, you know what I mean? What you expect now. Yep. I think I think that expectation, it, it comes hard and it's the ego inside Marines. That's like, this is who I am. Right. Treat me this way. Or right. And, and if you don't <laughs> kick rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just just. Yeah, it's, it's ingrained into us. It's just kind of the way we are. Absolutely. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. It's, it's the way we are. Um, but no, it, it, you know, and I, I do, I still struggle from time to time, even just, Mm -hmm. just talking to civilians. Um, I was fortunate in 2019, I'd kind of, kind of thrown that out that I got asked to help build a veteran program, uh, ground up. So there is, I don't know how many there is now, um, 30 plus, disabled veterans organizations throughout the United States that play hockey okay, um, and use adaptive sports to help with the PTSD and that kind of stuff. And I got approached in 2019 to help start the Nebraska Warriors. And it was five guys, basically five guys and a couple gals that sat down and we, we formed it and got it going. Um, I served on that board for four years. And one thing that I really noticed was, like the locker room mm-hmm. that was kind of our, our church. Um, and you'd see guys like they would talk to me, but they wouldn't like fully open to me because I wasn't a combat Marine. I, I wasn't combat military. So I didn't see what they saw, mm-hmm. um, but they would talk to me. I mean, Hey, I had great relationships with a lot of the people, um, but they, they wouldn't really open up. And, and you'd see them like they'd, they'd be tying their skates and they're sitting next to a kid that they'd never met. And, you know, one of them, Hey, what branch? I was in the army. Oh, I was in the army too. Where'd you deploy to? 
Oh, I was in, you know, la 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 Afghanistan. Oh, dude, I was there too. When were you there? Mm-hmm. And they start creating this bond of, you know, I can talk to this guy because he saw what I saw, you know, and he was, he was in the same mix that I was in. Absolutely. Um, and that was, to me, that was super cool to start seeing that where, you know, these guys, I knew they had more to tell. Mm-hmm. I was never going to ask them, you know, if it ever came up, great. If not, that's perfectly fine too. We're sitting around having beers. That's all we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was super cool to see that. And that kind of, it pushed me to serve more, to push harder for the organization, um, mm-hmm. try to make the organization better for that purpose, because I knew that there was something in there that needed to happen. How was uh, the, how was the reception with, with you guys trying to build this team up? For- it was, it was amazing. Actually, we, uh, mm-hmm. We started our first skate. We had 22 skaters come out, which I kind of thought was a little ironic with that number that showed up. (laughs) Um, They came out and skated within the first year. I kind of said, if we have 40 people, that's kind of the benchmark we need to hit. Mm -hmm. We had over 70 sign up the first year. Um, And we have off at Air Force Base up in Omaha. So, you know, it's 40, 50 minutes down the road. Um, So we've got a lot of military around here. Um, and you know, and the second year came around and I'm like, you know, if we hit 120, 130, you know, that's, that's our benchmark for this year. We ended up having over 170 on our roster at one point and it grew so fast and it, and it, it hurt us because it grew so fast. Mm. Um, and there were some issues that happened. Um, basically the organization, November of 20, 20 the organization basically blew apart um some stuff happened not good stuff and i can't really i don't can't really get into it but it it basically blew the organization apart and me and another marine that was serving on the board we lost five board members overnight from one meeting out of like eight (laughs) and so me and another Marine that were, I was a VP of hockey. He was a VP of business. We basically started piecemealing everything back together and trying to figure out exactly what happened, you know, certain stuff. And, and uh, we've now, we've put it back together. We've got a new board in place. Um, they're headed the right direction. They're starting to rebuild. Um, I served on that board for four years, January 1st. I actually turned in my resignation um, this year. I'm still the presidential advisor, but I don't, I'm not an active member of the board. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, uh, it, it actually created hero stock from oh, okay. everything that was kind of going on. And, and now I'm going to kind of transition into that, but um, better you than me. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so we, we had, I, I saw a need where we needed to be together off the ice too. Like when we were, you're, you're running a nonprofit, you're chasing the dollar, you're trying to find the next sponsor, mm-hmm. you're running events, you're, you know, and that kind of stuff. You're always in the spotlight type, type stuff. And I had one of my guys come to me and he goes, dude, we need to do something where we're not in the spotlight where we can just hang out. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we do. So I started planning, planning a night to throw axes, which that wasn't really thought through. So <laughs> we're going to have alcohol axes and military Probably not a good plan, but uh, <laughs> I started planning that, and and I had a neighbor 
that lives two doors down from me. He's a Marine and, and he came down to me one night and he goes, Hey man, I got a, I got a band that wants to come in and play for us. He's go, you know, would you be interested in putting something together on that? I'm like, yeah, you know, let's do a 30, 50 people, throw some fire pits out, roast some hot dogs, marshmallows, listen to some music, hang out. And so I, I kind of, I got a hold of the guy. I set up a date for October 22nd, which here in Nebraska, you don't know you're, it's either 80 degrees or you're standing in four foot of snow. Hey, I'm in Arkansas. I get that. Be, <laughs> yeah, it'd, I mean, it'd, it'd be freezing in the morning, seventy, almost eighty degrees in the afternoon, and then could be snowing in two days. <laughs> right, exactly. It's same here, same here. So it's like, well, we're gonna roll the dice on October twenty second and see what happens. And um, two days later, he comes down and he goes, "Hey, dude, I got another band that wants to come in and play. Like they love the thought of doing this." So I got all the details worked out with them and. And I was like, you know, let's let's make make an event. Let's do something fun. Do something to where we can invite more veterans than just our group. Now, now I have to ask you this: What yep. experience do you have in any of this? Because it just gives me anxiety just to have, think of someone's like, we need ten fire pits or <laughs> or anything. Just blows my mind. How how does how does you you go from the the hockey to you explained how it went, but personally, how does that now, now you're, you're, you're an event, you put on events overnight. Flying by, <laughs> flying by the seat of my pants, brother. That's how it happens. It, it has you're, caused, you're a concert promoter now overnight. Yeah, right? <laughs> it, it's caused many sleepless nights, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, and, and last year's event, I was like, it's a one-off deal. We're going to do this one time. It's just going to be a night to hang out. You know, but there was a lot of logistics that went into it. You know, I had to raise, it was like 60, I think our budget was 6,800 bucks. I had to have porta potties there. I had to have insurance for the event. I had a food truck come in. We had to have all this stuff donated to us for prizes and raffles and, and a place to do it at. And I, I had a buddy that he's like, Hey, I got a friend that has 20 acres with a shed, really nice shed. Let's do it out there. So I was like, okay, that's off the plate. One thing down. And, and uh, so I ended up just basically spent 45 days hustling my ass off, trying to put everything together. Cause I virtually did it by myself last year. To do the uh, first, the first hero stock, the first hero stock. And it was vet stock last year. It was, okay. it was strictly for veterans mm -hmm. um, and their families. And we had basically it was on Facebook for three weeks as a, a event that we posted, mm -hmm. um, I went through my phone and hit every single contractor or business owner that's in my phone and was like, Hey, I'm planning on doing this. Is that something you might want to be part of? And that takes a lot. It takes a lot. <laughs> that takes and, a lot. <laughs> you know, and, and, lot. but it was great response. Like I had great response from it. Like probably 70% of the texts that I sent out, like I didn't have, I didn't have a flyer. I didn't have anything like legit. I was explaining what it was through a text and hitting send. This and, is like a field of dreams. Like, <laughs> right? You were like, they're going to be there. They're going to play music. You're either coming or you're not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're they're going to be there. So. Yep. yep. <laughs> and, and we ended up raising like, it was like 7,800 bucks. So we covered the event and actually put money in the bank for this year. Um, I was just going to roll it into a non a different nonprofit, any of the extra funds or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. after, after last year. And, 
and uh, being that it was just going to be a one-off deal. And so <laughs> it all just kind of came together, you know, and, and we had 45 days from the day of the idea to the day of the event. And we ended up having over a hundred people show up out at this event that some of them came and left, but most of them came in and stayed all day long. Um, and you know, it started at two o'clock, shut down at 10 30 at night. And we even had some that stayed after and played ring the bull with us until like <laughs> two o'clock in the morning, drinking way too much whiskey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was just, it was a cool feel. It was a, it was a family feel. Um, the one guy that, that brought the bands to me, he, he's a photographer too. And he goes, he goes, you know, as I was taking these pictures, like looking through the lens, it felt like I was at a family gathering mm-hmm. and everybody's throwing bags and playing cornhole and laughing and having a good time. And then a band fires up and just everybody's hanging out. And um, he goes, it was just a really cool atmosphere. Um, so it was, it was neat in that aspect that everybody did just have a good time. Like you didn't, it was a hundred percent free. You mm-hmm. didn't have to spend a dime to be out there. And we gave away tons and tons of stuff, like free, free raffle prizes and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, the bands were amazing. What, yeah. what was the, the 45 days of rushing? Was it because you were going to have it on that date no matter what? Yep. Or you didn't want to wait or it had to be that chaos? I'd needed, already set. Yeah, I'd already set that. the date with the first band. So before he brought the second one in, I was already set for the 22nd for one band. And I was like, here it is. We're going to do it because this is the date that I set and I'm not backing out on this dude. Oh, that's, that's a lot of pressure right there. (laughs) That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it all just kind of fell together. It was, Mm -hmm. it was super cool. I had people jump in that helped me out. Um, You know, as, as, as it was building up, they were like, Hey man, can I help you with this? Can I do this? And, so it was cool in that aspect, and and it actually formed my board for Hero Stock um, because mm-hmm. those people that jumped in and helped out, I'm like, you know, I want you people to be on this ride with me. You see the value in this, and I want you to be part of this. And they're like, yeah, we want to be part of it too. Um, so we we went through the event. Everything was amazing. Next three to five days, my phone's lighting up. Text, calls, emails dude, you have to do this again. How many, how many bands did you have total? Just the two? We had two. Yep. Okay. And so my rocked, daughter. They played my, the whole time? Uh, they started at four and played till 1030. Yeah. Woo. So it was it was long sets and they had a couple breaks <laughs> in there. And, um, but my daughter actually, she kicked us off. She sings the national anthem and, and she wanted to do a couple songs that she'd been working on and so she kicked us off with the anthem and that kind of stuff. And then oh, that's uh, incredible. That's yeah. Incredible it, right there. It, and she's like, okay, so you can continue to do this every year as long as I get to come up and do the anthem and sing one or two songs. I'm like, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. And that, 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 that cut your wife out immediately. Like right. it's a family thing now. Yep. Exactly. Saying, you, you're invited to come if you want, but, <laughs> but we're going to yep. be, we're going to be there. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, she, she kicked us off, did an amazing job with the anthem. And it was crazy because one of the prizes for the cornhole tournament was a 30 minute helicopter ride around Lincoln. Oh, wow. And as she's singing the anthem, 
the helicopter comes flying in to land. Oh, so you got the thump, 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 thump in the background as she's singing. I'm like, everybody's like, how'd you do that? I'm like, I didn't do that. It's a one-time thing, folks. One-time thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> one of the guys, he comes up to me. He's like, are you bringing the Blue Angels in for next year? Or what's the plan there? <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's just literally the whole night kind of went like that. Like there was no sat snafus. Like everything just went so good. Um, so yeah, the, the, Pete Butler, he's a great guy. He's from Western Nebraska. He does a lot of throwback Johnny Cash, Waylon mm-hmm. Jennings, that kind of stuff. Um, he he was our first band, Sheila Greenland Band, which is a local band here in Nebraska. Um, she came in with a four-piece or a five-piece band mm-hmm. and played for like two hours. Um, did a great job. And she plays a lot of different genres, so it wasn't just one one deal. Mm-hmm. Um so it was, it was a good time. And, you know, at the end of the night, <clears throat> everybody just, there was hugs. People were shaking hands that never met, you know, a lot of talking. Um, but as we were, as I was planning the event, one of my thoughts that kind of came to me was, why don't we highlight the veteran nonprofits? Because people may not know, like until I got into the veteran nonprofit world, I had no idea what all nonprofits there were out there. You know, you know about tunnels to towers and you know about the big national ones, mm-hmm. but you don't know a lot of your local ones. And yeah, it's not until, yeah, until you get involved and you see, wow, there's a billion of them. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and that's what it was. I was like, mm-hmm. even, even at the event, there were, there were three groups at the event that I never knew even existed. And they heard about it on Facebook and showed up. That's beautiful. Right and I just said, I said, here, you've got two minutes each, give an elevator speech of who you are and what you do. And if you want to want them to contact you, how they can contact you. So they got up there, each nonprofit gave their two minute elevator speech. Um, people have joined because of, of vet stock last year, people were joining some of these other groups and working with them and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And um, it created a lot of bonds, not only through the nonprofit stuff, but just, person to person created a lot of bonds um people that had never met before you know they're hanging out now at at concerts or at the bar or whatever Mm -hmm. um so that was kind of a cool piece of it too um but then you know as as it kind of wrapped up and and i was like okay i'm done with that event we can figure out something else and and move forward my my phone's blowing up and they're like dude you got to do it Mm -hmm. so i end up grabbing Jesse, Cindy, and Tim, which were the ones that kind of helped me out last year. And I said, you guys want to do this and make this a yearly event? And they jumped on board right away. They're like, most definitely, let's roll with it. Um, so about a week after the event, we started planning this year's event. Woo. And no break. I mean, it was just roll right into it. Let's get it going again. And um, I mean, we've got, put, on, put on a show like that for 45 days and have an amazing thing. You want to catch that lightning as fast as you can. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and that's, that was kind of our thought process t- process too, was absolutely, you know, it was a cool deal. People loved it. Let's, let's roll with it. Um, so we, we started planning, um, Jesse Cunningham is the vice president of wheels for warriors USA. 
Um, they're a local nonprofit here in town, but they, they give veterans motorcycles throughout the United States uh, through their group. Refurbished, and they do a great job. Um, he's my event director, and he has a lot of contacts. So he reached out to a couple bands here in Nebraska and was like, hey, this is what we're doing. Would you guys be interested in coming in this year? And they're like, yeah, you know, let's let's talk about it. So we signed the blue collar band out of North Platte and they do seventies, eighties, rock country rap, whatever you can throw at them. They can do it the way it's on, you know, they're just an all around band. They can, mm -hmm. they can play. Um, and then we signed Dylan Bloom band, which is a guy out of grand Island. Um, he's great performer, really engages the crowd. A um, lot of fun. And it led me to Dean Schaefer Productions, which is going to be our light and sound guy this year. Um, he's worked with like Morgan Wallen and, you know, some of the big name guys. So he's coming in to do the lights and, and sound. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. It, it, it got kind of interesting because then I found guitars for veterans and oh, guitars. Yeah. For, I, I don't, you know who they are. I mean, yeah, I saw, I saw, uh, saw her when she was on uh, the kid. Contagion oh, Taylor. podcast. Yep. Yep. So they're actually going to come in. They're going to be our first band up. Um, oh. They're going to play a little bit just to kind of highlight what their group does. Um, you know, play for us a little bit. And then uh, Blue Collar will come in. They're going to do their thing, sing for, you know, a 90 minute set, hour, two hour set, whatever. Um, and then the cool, it, it was kind of a cool deal the way I got him, but I signed Scotty Hastings to come in and perform this year for hero stock. Now I, that's, that's amazing. That's great. I know, I know Mike and Eric from the Cajun effect. They love some Scotty Hastings. Yep. How is that? Because he is a country singer yep. on the radio veteran. How, how, how do you pull that off? I called him out <laughs> on the contagion effect. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to do it, uh, surprise is, is the best way I would say. <laughs> right. Right. I, I actually, I found him on Facebook mm -hmm. and I, I did call him out on contagion effect though, but, uh, found him on Facebook and I sent him a message and I said, Hey dude, this is, this is who I am. And this is what we're doing. And I sent him the link to the, the event and, uh, he texted me, I don't know, probably a day later. And he's like, Hey, here's my number. Give me a call. And we talked, I was working on a job site. It was like 1130 at night and I'm talking to him on the job site. And he's like, dude, he goes, I want to be part of this. He said, that sounds amazing. You know, yada, yada, yada. And, and mm -hmm. uh, just an amazing human being, just so down home, good hearted dude. And you ever watch a story and it's just like, like everything this dude does turns to gold. It's crazy. Um, from going to play and playing minor league baseball, you know, get shot 10 times in the, in, in, uh, Afghanistan competitive archery that shuts mm -hmm. down, grabs a guitar. We're going to start singing. And, you know, now he signed a deal with black river entertainment and I'm like, <laughs> but he just a, a super good human being. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm super excited for him to come in this year. Um, I've actually got him hooked up with a hunt out in Western Nebraska with one of the veterans groups that I'm with. They're like, we want him to come out and hunt with us. So <laughs> I got him hooked up with a hunt, you know, and, and, uh, but no, it, it, 
the lineup this year is amazing. Um, it should be just a killer time. We've still got the cornhole tournament going on. It will have prizes for, you know, the top couple places. Um, we're going to do a silent auction this year. We've got some really mm-hmm. cool stuff coming in for the silent auction and any proceeds that we, that are raised during the event will go into the bank account for next year's event to make it bigger. So we're, mm-hmm. we're hundred percent volunteer nonprofit. All the money goes back in to grow the event. Um, how many, uh, how many bands are you full for the event already? Or we are full for the event this year. Yeah. Okay. So um, we basically have the venue until about 1030 and then we have mm-hmm. to start tearing down. So we're going to have them kick off at four and go until 1030. Um, we kind of limited it this year because we're still doing the paperwork for the 501 C. Mm-hmm. Um, I got really fortunate. I'm working with a marketing and media company here out of Lincoln, Nebraska called unanimous. They have been amazing. They've helped with the tiered system for volunteer for, uh, donors. They've redone our logo. Um, just been amazing to work with. And we thought, being the second year, this is kind of kind of be our springboard year. You know, it's mm-hmm. either going to go up or it's going to go down. One of the two. Absolutely. Um, but it, so we, we decided one day we're going to do one day, still have it that two o'clock to 1030 type of event. Um, as we started planning it, people started talking and they're like, Hey, we want to do a ruck march from somewhere around Ashland and come out to hero stock. How far is that? Uh, Ashland's about six miles or so. Um, so they, they, and I think they're going to start a little bit outside of Ashland and then come out. Um, the local chapter of irreverent warriors, they're going to do their mm-hmm. silky hike and end up at hero stock. Um, Scotty with rocket up for warriors is doing the, the ruck March. Um, and then we've got Jesse with Wheels for Warriors. They're doing an iron butt ride. And it actually starts on Friday night at 8 o'clock. They leave Lincoln. They're going to Moyer, Oklahoma, to Adam Sandoval's K, K River Campground. Mm-hmm. And they'll do the staging area there for anybody coming up from Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, to come back up with them to Hero Stock. And then we have um, – uh, the Nebraska Warriors, they're talking about doing a round robin and okay. having Kansas City Warriors and the Oklahoma City Warriors up and then have everybody come out to Hero Stock. So we've got a lot of events going on before Hero Stock even starts. Um, so it's kind of a, a huge veteran weekend. Um, oh, yeah. I would say so. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, you know, and then this year we've, we, as we started planning this, we're like, you know, let's don't limit it to just veterans because police fire EMS, you know, all them guys, they see the shit too. You yeah, know, they've all, got all, all the first responders, especially after the last three years. Right. Like. Right. <laughs> yep. So, mm-hmm. so we've, we've included all your first responders and gold star families, oh, um, okay. you know, cause it gold star families, they, they gave the ultimate sacrifice too. You know, so it was it was kind of a, a cool deal to be able to bring them in. Um, I've talked to both the groups here, one in Lincoln and one in Omaha. Amazing group of parents mm-hmm. um, or families. Um, so they're they're super excited about coming into it this year. And and we've got three podcasts that want to do a remote from from the event. 
Um, I got reached out to by one of the jump guys that do the jumping from planes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're talking about doing a parachute coming in possibly with an American flag, depending on the weather for the national anthem to kick off. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of really, really cool stuff that's going to happen this year. That's a, that's a big scale from, yeah. the, from the first event. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. How, um, um how, do, how does that make you feel just thinking about it? I mean, the event not till September 9th. Right. How does that feel wait, a couple more days and 45 days out that you that, that you have more in front of you? Do you think the time is hurting you because you have more time to add stuff and, and make it chaotic for yourself? Yeah. Or- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, so I, I like I get home at night from the job site and, and sometimes I'll pull in at you know eleven o'clock at night or whatever and I'll sit down on Facebook because I'm eating supper and I'm I'm scrolling through Facebook and I'm finding nonprofits and I'm sending stuff out to them and and uh that's how the jump thing happened. You know, mm-hmm. he he was like, Yeah, we want to be involved, but what would you think about us doing this? And I'm like that's all you guys. You guys wanted it, you take care of any permits, anything you've got it, because I'm not dealing with all that stuff. Um, and we actually, there's only so many hats you can wear. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. And I have a great team. I really do. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're amazing. They help out a ton, but I, I push it probably harder than anybody because I want to see this thing. Just, I want to see it grow every year. And I want in five years to be hosting 10,000 people. That's, that's my goal right now. 10 years. I want to host 20,000 people. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I've got to talk to some really cool people, um, people that I never would have talked to um, that want to be involved with it. Um, mm-hmm. Scott Hussein, he's a, a major from the Marine Corps, uh, runs Save, Save the Bravo um, out of California. Super good dude. He's like super excited about it. You're super excited about it. I've got Mike and Eric coming in from possibly from California to, to hang mm-hmm. out at it. Um just it's it's fun for me because mm-hmm. I get to talk to people that I'd never talked to. Um, you know, Scotty Hastings. I I never would have got to talk to Scotty Hastings if this hadn't been part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Shannon Book. I actually I reached out to Shannon Book uh, just the other day too and talked to him and mm-hmm. he's talking about coming in for next year. Um, for the event next year. So it's it's it's, it's a neat. Lot. It's a lot, man. And it's, you know, and it's stressful. It really is. It's, there's a lot of, like, I've done my, my job long enough that I have a lot of time during the day to think while I'm actually working. Mm-hmm. And I had to download notes in my phone because like, I would think of something. And then by the time I got done with the job, I'd forget about it. I think that's a common thing. Cause I do that myself. <laughs> Cause I'm not gone. Yep. yep. And then and I'll take my phone out to write it in my notes. And by the time I pull up the notes, it's already gone sometimes. And I'm like, what was that? <laughs> yep. Yep. What was I thinking about? <laughs> and, and, you know, I'll, I'll record it. Like I'll just hit the record button. Cause usually I'm, my hands are all dirty. So I'll just hit the mm-hmm. record button, talk into it. And, you know, two days later I might pick up my phone and look at it. I'm like, the hell was I thinking? That's a dumb idea. Or, <laughs> you know, that was a pretty good idea. We might want to talk about this, you know, and it's just, like I put a lot of stuff into my phone as I'm working and, and thinking and that kind of stuff. And um, one of the things that we came up with this year is 
instead of doing a 50-50 raffle where the house keeps half of it, we're going to do 100-0. So it's a $10 buy-in. You buy a business card. You write your name and phone number on it. You drop it into the bucket. At the end of the night, we're going to draw one name. And that one name gets to either give all the proceeds to one organization or split it between however many they want. Oh, wow. And, you know, and I got to, my thought process on this is, is, okay, you get a thousand people that show up and everybody chips in 10 bucks. That's 10,000 bucks. You hand $10,000 to a brand new nonprofit that takes them from barely scraping by to holy shit, we can actually run our whole year off of this. Absolutely. And I think I I think I get I give you props because Marines doing public math is something that's (laughs) uncommon. I do not do public math. I'll come back to you with a number. (laughs) But I'm gonna I'm gonna work it out upstairs until I'm out of the scene and then write it down and use my calculator. But I I did it on my phone calculator when I was in the green room. (laughs) But but no, man, and that's the kind of thing that I'm looking at is, is mm-hmm. the network side of this, whether it's person to person, you know, a veteran to a cop, a cop to a fireman, you know, whatever, that connection. But then you've also got these nonprofits that are coming in and setting up tables that's displaying, hey, we're guitars for veterans. You guys want to learn how to play guitars? You take a 10-week course through us and we give you a guitar at the end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's kind of the the idea behind this is to be able to push those out so that everybody can see. Um, do you, do you when I got out, oh, go go ahead. Ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You, you got. I out. was just saying when I got out, I knew of the Legion and the the VFW. You what know, that's it? that's it. And mm-hmm. I couldn't join the VFW because I wasn't a veteran of foreign wars. So really, yeah. I yep. don't even know if I could join. If, I don't even if, know. I've never, I, I, to be honest, I've done training at VFWs and stuff. Like we rented the buildings. Right. But I don't think I've ever been in one and had the little $2 beer or whatever they have. I don't, <laughs> right. I don't think I've ever been to one. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually tried to join. We've got a great one here in Lincoln. They oh, vary. Like VA. You walk in and it's everyone from Vietnam and you just sit down. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And, and so, you know, I, I knew those too. And I'm like, that was kind of my push off. I was like, no, I, I don't want to be yelled at when I walked in this building. I'm just, I I don't want part of that, you know? And, and uh, so I, that was my pushback from the, anything military. I didn't have Mm -hmm. military plates. I didn't have, like, I did nothing military. Um, I, I can see that. That's a, um, I believe that's the that's the the black eye, the either the VA or it's it's always something nasty at the end of your tour that that you 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 should be, you know, the thought process should be a lot different and positive, right? Vice, vice a negative experience with anything, especially you served, right? You're one of the one percent, and you know, I think I think we've lost as a country the the respect and and the honor of those that serve right right and it, it just becomes i think now it's like we have a military but we don't care who's in it how it's occupied how we're using it yep. and it, it's just not as celebrated as it once was right 
I remember when we came back from Afghanistan, we were like, oh, they're going to be a parade for us. We were just talking, but like, right, you, right. Think, you know, you think, hey, we're, and then, you know, when you get back to the world, it's the world is the same. Right. Unless you're, unless you're outside, unless you're, you know, in the civilian world, they, you don't see anything of, of what a veteran could see going right. into the military and especially coming out. Cause I feel coming out where we were, were left to the wolves. Right. I, you know, when I got out, they handed me the DD two fourteen and said, thanks for your service. See you later. That was it. I mean, I didn't yeah. have classes. I didn't have, I didn't have anything. It was literally, here's your DD two fourteen kick rocks, pound sand. Yeah. The classes only make it more confusing. <laughs> right. I'll tell you what, because I'm sitting there just looking around because I had a plan to not right. do anything when I retire. <laughs> I was like, this is my plan. People do learn how to do resumes, and I'm just sitting there looking like I'm good. Right. And, but then, then they start making you nervous. You're doing elevator speeches, you're doing you're talking, and I'm like, I'm not trying to make a hundred thousand dollars when I get out of here. Right. I'm trying to just get out of here. Right. Then figure right. it out. <laughs> right. I'm still I'm still, I'm still I'm still in the system. Right. You know, I'm still I'm still institutionalized at this point. Yep. I need to I need to detach and yeah. then see who the hell I actually am now. Right. It, yeah. Because because you, you're diff, you're a different creature yep. when they let you out, and then when when you come out, it's just that I think that you you you're either going to be Mister Motivation when you come out. You're that guy with the black jacket with the giant you know eagle globe <laughs> and anchor on the back. You're the guy with Eagle of an anchor all over your car, your truck, like right. flags. You're, you're that guy, or you, no one even knows. Yep. Because I think I, I was that guy for a little bit, uh, probably a month. It's only been two years but <laughs> where I was just like, you, you know, you, you want to stand on your own, I think. Right. Because right. I think a lot of places, they'll kind of use your experience as a crutch because yep. veteran veterans get trashed, I believe, no matter what. Service, right. no matter what, there's never a shining moment unless there's a tragedy or, you know, it's a Purple Heart recipient. Right. It's something, Navy Cross recipient, something traumatic had to happen. Right. Like you said earlier, Tunnels for Towers, like you, you don't get that big right. unless you're dealing with traumatic situations. Yep. Yep. And it's a dog and pony. You know, mm -hmm. it's a dog and pony that we went through in the military. It's mm -hmm. the same thing when you get out. They want to, they want to grab that purple heart guy and shove him in everybody's face and look. Oh, you know this is a war hero. Yeah, he is a war hero. But guess what? This dude doesn't want to be shoved in everybody's face. He wants to be left alone. Yeah, you know. And absolutely. And, I mean, it's it's a it's a sad thing because they they help themselves by using that veteran. Yeah, because their their military career is over at that point. Right. And a lot of these guys are in their young 20s, and now they are the commercial for whatever political party wants to use them, whatever yep. organization is going to pay them, and now they're public speakers. Right. And right. It, it, it reliving that, and, and I mean, I didn't really think about it until you just said that, reliving that story or accident or tragedy or, you know, maybe veterans, they left wherever right. they were deployed to, and there's a, that's a horrific situation to be played on repeat over and over again. Yep. It, yep. It, it's not easy, but I think, I think veterans 
and I, I want to ask your take on this. I think veterans are the only people that are going to stop mental health problems, veteran suicide. I believe veterans are the only people that are going to stop it. hundred percent. That's, I actually had this conversation, um, uh, guy that runs Deuce Outfitters Ministry, one of the groups that comes up to Hero Stock. They came up last year to Vet Stock. I just looked them up earlier. I just started following them. I'm going to get involved with that guy. Amazing. But, like, just an amazing dude. Uh, amazing group. The, their mm-hmm. whole group was just awesome, guys. Um, I I had this conversation. I, I was on the phone with him for about two hours and 45 minutes, the same day that I talked to the, the kid in Michigan, two hours and 55 minutes. Um <laughs> But I had that conversation with him, and I said, here's the deal. I said, VAs are overrun. They don't have the staffing. They don't have the time. They don't have the funding nope. to really do what needs to be done. And I said, I said, dude, at the end of the day, it's groups like yours, groups like Wheels for Warriors, um, the local, true, grassroots veteran groups, the veteran podcasts that they want to be there to talk about it because that's how you're going to heal. Absolutely. Right. And they're the ones that are going to save the veterans. It's not the big nationals. It's Mm -hmm. not the politicians. It's not the VA for them. It's a number, you know, you go to a VA, you're a number unless you go to a really small VA, you're a number. And you're thrown through the system, and here's your ibuprofen, change your socks, drink some water, and march on. You know, and I, we actually just had a kid here in town. Um, his mom worked at the gas station that I always go to. Mm-hmm. And I saw that she posted on Facebook that he'd actually committed suicide with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I'd been pushing for years to try to get him to come out to the warrior stuff try to get him involved and and he literally drank himself to death. Veteran? And he was what's that? He uh her son was a veteran. Yeah, he was an army veteran. Um I think he did one tour in Afghanistan, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Um but he just he was detached from everything. Like he wanted nothing to do with the world after he got out. And you know, I tried reaching out and he wouldn't talk to me. He wouldn't have anything to do with it. He just, he wanted to be left alone. Um, and it's unfortunate, you know, that, that it ended up that route. But, uh, it, and we, the thing is, we won't be able to save them all. I, at the end of the day, you, you can't, you can't save them all, but we're going to, I'm going to do the best that I can to help as many as I can, you know, and if it's, if it's one per year, that's one less per year, you know, and, and if it's mm-hmm. 10, if it's 20, then, you know, that's 10, 20, that's not doing it, you know? And, um, it's a, it's a sad situation and, you know, everybody says the number 22 and I think that number is very skewed. Oh, absolutely. The, the other part of the conversation with, with uh, deuce and, you know, he, he said, you know, we've got States that don't have to report. So that doesn't even go into this tally. You know, and, oh, and that the drugs and alcohol, if it wasn't like weapons, mm-hmm. yep. I mean, there's you know, there's so many different alcohol related, you know, type stuff that isn't reported within that number. Mm-hmm. And he goes, You know, to be honest with you, the, the data that I've seen, you're probably looking closer to the 100 to 120 a day. 
And I was like, huh. And he goes, you want to hear an even scarier statistic? One in every three kids of a veteran that commits suicide will commit suicide. Wow. And that's reality. And, yep. and that's, and I believe that's what they hide that right. they'll never, they'll never, they'll never give a, a realistic number. Right. Because I, I believe in, especially the world we're in now, you bring that number up, they'll shut down the damn military. Yep. <laughs> and yep. they'll blame the military for it. Right. hundred <laughs> percent. They yep. won't blame. Like, I don't think um, after many conversations I've had recently, I don't think we've, we've even seen close over the last 20 year war we'll see i mean for generations i think this is gonna bleed out bad because yep. especially with the covid um people they kicked out that refused the shot just i think the military's taken the back seat and right has been replaced by everything that's not important yep everything yep. else is not important i mean we're, we're you know we're, we're tippy-toeing off to a war right right now and People are making dances on TikTok, right? Like it's right, right. and and I've done it. I I I I feel if the hard part about for me, I don't know how you feel about this, but the hard part about getting out in front and talking about veteran suicide, mental health, and just being there for veterans is it's very therapeutic, but Mm -hmm. it's a Debbie Downer. Like it's not the most positive thing to talk about especially to just normal people. Right. That don't they won't understand, you know, all the scars are unseen, you know, the conversation that they've been forced to play the game the whole time they were in the military. You're never right. going to get over ego. You're you're no one's going to tell you the truth because as I believe, you have to perform like an actor when you go to medical because right. they don't believe you. Yep. No one's ever going to believe what's really wrong with you. And that's why you get the, you know, the Motrin, change your socks. You get the, that get back to work thing because yep. we don't actually want to know something could be wrong with you because right. then if someone's comfortable being okay with, you know, dealing with mental health and, you know, I dealt with a situation, right? if we make it intimate and we make it personable and we make it like family first, like the military promotes, Right. I, I think we'll have a different military and, and we wouldn't have the problems we're having, but they can't have that. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and even like I talked on the, the two drunk dudes when we were, mm-hmm. when I was on their podcast, you know, we kind of, we kind of talked about this and Donald's like, he goes, I didn't talk to my family. He goes, because I did this so that they didn't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's one of the bad things is, is veterans don't want to, talk about what they had to do and what they had to see and let their family understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to keep it down because they don't want them to have to deal with it. You Absolutely. know, and, and, and there's the stigma of if you're broken, you're fucked up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and, and you don't want to be the broken one. No, because there's that stigma that I, I believe that's that military stigma. I know, you know, especially being a Marine, you don't want there. You don't want to show weakness. You don't right. want to show that you you know you you have feelings and emotions. And I believe once you allow that to sh- come out, like I've been breaking the shell the past couple of years and trying to just evolve into like I'm okay with you know I don't have to be a tough guy. I don't have right. to be 
you know, what I, I could be whoever I am and, and it is what it is right. until, until a lot of people get there and it's hard to get there. Right. Right. You, used to ha- you have to have a traumatic situation. You have to have something, you know, someone to intervene, someone to get there. Cause like, like you said, that guy, people, some don't want no help. Right. They, they want to be completely isolated and they're the people that we have to touch and get and reach out to the most because veterans are the only people I believe that speak the language. Right. You, you, you therapy, talking to, talking to doctors, nurses, nurse practitioners, whoever it is, they'll never get it to where you crack open a beer, you talk to another veteran, whatever it is, no yep. matter your MOS, no matter your branch, you can complain about something together. Right. I believe that. <laughs> I believe that right. 100%. Right. And, unless you're like Air Force because they just complain about their hotel rooms. Maid <laughs> service is slipping. They need, they need to call somebody. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, and, 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 and it is. I mean, it's you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you. we can talk to each other because we understand. You know, mm-hmm. I may not have seen combat, but I went through the boot camp. I went through the, the bullshit games that everybody plays when you're in the Marine Corps. We understand. We can talk. We have that same mindset, the same lingo, and and to be able to walk through some stuff. And see, I, I only see your military experience as positive because you were a PMI who who maybe led kids to slinging lead down down range in the next couple of years. Right. You know, two year, two, three years later, they were in country in theater yep. sla- slamming them down range. So see, and, and I I feel fortunate. Like I'm mm-hmm. I don't I don't think of it as a bad thing that I didn't no. see combat. You know, I, I feel very, very fortunate that I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Um I got to experience the military, made some amazing friends, got to blow up some cool shit. Um but at the end of the day, I helped develop somebody oh, you know as they went in the country and that mm-hmm. kind of thing so um it's not a bad thing you know but it's it's a it's it's one of those deals where like there's a guilt that goes into it for me absolutely you mm-hmm. know um i had a guy talk to me his name's david ocean he's a marine um very hard charger um we, we were talking one night, I was actually giving him a bit on his floor and he goes, why do you do what you do for your veteran nonprofit? And I said, like, I like hockey. Guys are pretty cool. I, I don't know what you're getting at. And he's like, no, why do you do what you do? All the extra that you do, mm-hmm. why do you do it? I'm like, I, I really can't answer that. You know, it's just, it's who I am, I guess, you know, that's what I do. And he goes, do you ever feel guilt? And I was like, gate maybe i i, I guess kind of mm-hmm. he goes you didn't go in after 9-11 and you feel guilt about not going back in and i'm like yeah i mean sure you know there's there's that and he goes i stood in a room with some of the most highly decorated military people and bronze stars i mean they're just dripping medals and ribbons and mm-hmm. he's like every single one of them has guilt they could have done more. They could have saved that buddy. They could have shot that guy. He's like, these guys went through some of the most traumatic stuff you'd ever see. 
And yet they have guilt because they didn't kill that one person or they didn't save that one person that they thought. Mm -hmm. of. And he goes, we all have it. That's why we do what we do. Absolutely. I think, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was like, oh, I, I, I guess I agree. That's yeah. I see yeah. it. Yeah, I think, um, it, it started getting me with like red Friday. Um, that, that, that I started putting my toe in a couple of years ago with the red Friday. And once you're out and, I, and, I, and I'm posting about it, um, like I said, I ran away from Facebook a little bit. I do a lot more on Instagram and I, it was just posting everything about red Friday. Those days were like the, the saddest days I could go through right. because, because of the, you know, you just start thinking, overthinking, anxiety, depression. You just start, it just starts coming together and you, you're like, there's people out right now. There's families waiting for a phone call or, or anything going on right now. And no one cares. Yep. And, and, and it like, it started bothering me and I, and, and then I, that's what I was like, you know what? I'm turning the key. This is, this is what we're doing now. Because right. if, if I feel an emotion about something that's passion that, you know what, I'm going to be proactive and do whatever I can because if it's not me, then someone else has to do it. So I'd rather just do it. And I, I've gotten that question before. Like, why, why, why are you even posting? Why, why do you care about 988? Why are you doing this or that? Right. And it's because, because you have to. Yeah. Because it, it, some people never heard of Mission 22 or, you know, any veteran service, anything that needs help, any veteran podcast, any small media that could help someone. A lot yep. of people maybe don't, a lot of people that are dealing with, you know, PTSD, dealing with, you know, everything they're dealing with outside the military, they might not be on social media. They're not right. watching the news all the time. So yep. when they don't get that and that you have the opportunity, you could change someone's day, I believe. And if it's just a, um, a veteran doing something positive, yeah. that can change someone's day because that could lead to a like, a follow, a and, and then eventually a conversation. And like yep. you said, I think the community of veterans growing towards yep. veteran suicide, mental health, and first responders as the nation goes into a decline right. of everything positive, the veterans are the only ones that can stand it back up, I believe. It's 100%. Right. Because right. there's more veterans pissed off about everything. Oh, and and there's, there's so many of us. We'll, we'll go with 44 to 120 a day. They're just disappearing. Right. They're disappearing. There's funerals. And we're 1%. Mm-hmm. 1% of the population, and you have that many suicides per day. You know, that's... Yeah. How, it's not, how it's not on the news every day is is is, is ridiculous. Yeah. Because they don't even talk about it on the news. Yep. Every every fentanyl death, every murder, every... Every... Every crime that takes place across the country if it doesn't matter for democratic republic state whatever whatever they're in right you hear about that right but i don't know how many veterans died in montana yesterday right like that's that's where we need to come i believe as a veteran suicide conglomerate together to where we know facts right because because you know we're dealing with in a world of dis disinformation to where we don't know what's the truth, what what's right, what's wrong. Yep. But veterans know there is a problem and there's people that need our help. Right. Because we need their help. Yep. 
Yep. Because that, 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 that veteran therapy, I believe, is uh, the biggest part. Yep. Yep. And that's that's a big part of what Hero Stock is. You know, Absolutely. it's finding part of it is finding your civilian battle buddy. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you've trans you've all transitioned out. Mm-hmm. You're you're no longer military, but now you got to find your civilian battle buddy, not your your battle buddy in the military. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's a huge thing is is reaching that person that needs that battle buddy on the outside. I and mean, how, how do you feel when 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 I when I ask you, how does it feel putting on something that celebrates the second annual celebration events? Like it's actually like I don't I've never heard of anything like you said. There's stuff all across the country, small right. veteran things, but this is like Veteran Appreciation Day, to where veterans are watching veterans, and it's just like it's a warm feeling just to think about it of just veterans who don't want to be around nobody, <laughs> right? <laughs> don't want to talk to nobody, don't <laughs> want to be bothered, don't want to travel. Yep, but they all want to come to one location and just be together. And to me, that's super cool. Absolutely. You know, to to be a piece of this mm-hmm. is completely amazing to me, you know, and 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 like I said, it was a it was a one off night, you know, and it has now turned into to something way bigger and way more of a vision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the vision has grown with the growth of it. Um the amount of people that want to be involved with it that want to be a part of it some way um it's it's overwhelming honestly it's it it really is at the end of the day it's it's really overwhelming um because like we got reached out to by a group out of out of texas the mm-hmm. uh, band their name's lockjaw they're a heavy metal band um never heard of them before and and dude hits me up on facebook and he's like he goes dude i want to be part of this he goes we want to come up and play this year lockjaw huh Lockjaw. Yep. And I was like, I was like, well, if that ain't isn't. a vet name, I don't know what else is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I'm like, sorry, dude, we're, we're like booked out for this year, you know? And so we kind of talked about the event and how it, how it started and how it's grown and that kind of stuff. And he goes, so next year, would you be open to a two day event? And I'm like, um, can I get through the one day event first and see how it goes? <laughs> but I'm like, you know, talk to me. Let let's let's talk this out. So he starts talking and he goes, My wife's a veteran. We got two veterans in the in the band. He's like, I want to be a part of this. He goes, I've been a concert promoter. He goes, I've sold tickets, I've lined up, you know, ven- uh, venues, that kind of stuff. He's like, I want to be a bigger part of this. And he goes, how about next year you do one day of like country and eighties, seventies, eighties rock. And the next day I bring in the bands and we do a heavy metal set for the second day of the event. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, well, like our friends are drowning pool and five finger death punch and uh, breaking oh, okay. Benjamin. And I'm like, whoa, Hey, uh, you're, throwing some fairly large names and he's like, yeah, you know, I've been doing this a long time. And, and, uh, you know, when people say that you kind of take it with a grain of salt, you know, I mean, not, I've never met this guy, talked to him one time on the phone. And, and, uh, so I I was kind of like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll think about it. Well, it's a good idea. I like the idea. Let's, let's talk about it, expand on it, that kind of thing. And, um, scrolling Facebook the other day, they're on tour right now with 
drowning pool going through Texas. So I'm like, okay, it is legit. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's those kind of things where he's not a veteran, but he sees the positive on what this is and how it can help out. And he knows these numbers that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. you know, anybody that has a veteran around them knows the 22, at least mm-hmm. um, he, he sees it. He sees the need for it. And he's like, I want to be a bigger piece of this, um, you know, and, and next year we're looking at possibly two days and doing a two day festival out of it. That's beautiful. Um, you know, and I, I had a kid from, I reached out to up in Michigan. He's right on Lake Michigan. He runs Primal Outdoors. Um, they do fishing trips for veterans, hunting trips for veterans, and then camping and survival stuff. Um, brand new nonprofit up there. Super good dude. Um, he actually pitched the idea to me to possibly come up to Michigan and do a pre-party next year and have like two or three bands, put them on stage do a pre-party up there, a, a kickoff party for, for hero stock basically, and kind of showcase what we're doing down in Nebraska on a smaller scale. And I'm like, <sighs> he's like, what you need to do is get a bus. <laughs> exactly. We need to know the venues you plan on booking. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and their VFW up there. So their VFW sits right on Lake Michigan. Oh, I bet it's like, beautiful. Backs up to the water. And he's sending me pictures and sunset pictures. And I'm like, dude, you're killing me, man. Cause this would be an amazing backdrop. For- I promise you, you, you don't want to come to the VFW by me. I don't know <laughs> if it's abandoned. I don't know. <laughs> so, so, so Michigan has the, the, the good VFW. Right. Right. <laughs> At least one, you know, and, <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, it was, you know, so he, he kind of put that into my head as, you know, maybe that's a possibility. I, I've always wanted to keep this kind of local since we started talking about it. You know, I've had multiple people ask me, you know, are you going to take this national and do it in different? I'm like, man, I've got a daughter that's a junior this year in high school. Next year, she's going to be a senior. So we got all that stuff going on. I'm this running my own tile company. One What's time that? thing. Yeah. This is a one time thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And now it's like, God, are we going to take this thing national? You know, are we going to do this pre-party in, in a different state every year and then have the hero stock back here be a three, four, five-day deal? You know, I I don't know. I don't know where it's going. Um, all I know is it's growing really fast and getting a lot of traction from a lot of people, um, some big-name people that want to be behind it, that that understand what we're doing. So it's a really cool deal, and I'm super excited to be a part of it. I think it's the it's one of the best things I've heard in a long time. Uh, I I'm grateful I had the privilege to, to break down bread with you and 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 find out more about it and everything that went into it because for for people that don't get it or that are listening, veterans don't get together like that in a right. massive and there's nothing uniting. It's usually some kind of endurance, some kind of strength thing, or some yeah. kind of it might be a concert that you see veterans at, but there's right. nothing like this that that's as magical that that unites veterans, and it's just for positivity and great, great, you know, great things to happen to 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 you. And I think 
it's meant to be the, when things just flow together, right. when things just lock in and the puzzle pieces just come out of nowhere. I think, I think it's meant to be. And I, and I think, um, two, two days is, is not long enough. Right. <laughs> for next I, year. <laughs> I, I, I really think we could be seeing, you know, three, four, five day type festival. I mean, we, we may end up being the veteran Woodstock mm-hmm. or, or the, the first responder, you know, hero Woodstock. We, I really don't know, you know, and that's, we kind of played the vet stock off of that Woodstock, you know, was the original name. And, and now the hero stock where we've included everybody else into it, the, the first responders and gold star families. And it may end up being a five day, seven day, you know, camp out type. I don't I really know where it's going to go. I think it's very dangerous. <laughs> I think it's very dangerous because especially veterans, especially those leather dogs out there, those Marines, all these people, once they get more, once it gets bigger, right? I mean, it's already big, right? Once it gets bigger, it just, it, I don't see people not wanting to be a part of it or to go or like, like right. the, the response that it could have, it, it could turn into something completely incredible. And, um, it's celebrating veterans. Yeah. Like it's a platform, you know, of just appreciation and, and togetherness. And there's nothing like that. I don't think there's nothing that unites veterans in such a way to where right. you have music and you have tables. Before we get, get off here, can you go over the tables and, and everything about what, what you plan on having at Best Stock? And if there's tables available, if people want to get a table, what would they have to do? Yeah. So, we, I, I'm actually limited this year on tables because of the venue size. Um, I didn't think it was going to be this big this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it has, it has gained way more traction than I thought it was going to. So we have about, we have room for about 50 tables, roughly. Um, I've got 28 already signed up. Um, they're veteran. Some of them are veteran owned businesses. Some of them are veteran nonprofits. I'm reaching out to the local police, fire, EMS groups mm-hmm. right now to try to get some of their nonprofits there too. Um, basically, what I'm doing this year is it's $25 to secure a table or tent. You provide the table and tent. Um, we will not have power out there, so you can't like run TVs or anything like that because it's yeah. most of them are going to be outside. So, so for um, the listeners at home. There's no inflatable people. No inflatable. Nope. Not, nope. All right. We were, that could we cause a decline in, in attendance. <laughs> <That right>. could, <laughs> we, were, we were actually going to do a bounce house until I realized, A, how much money they are, and B, how much work they are. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> None. I have zero interest in it. So, um, I've, I've been in a bouncy house at 2 o'clock in the morning drunk before. <laughs> so I can imagine... I can imagine a couple of them. Yeah. 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 And a bunch of drunk Marines bouncing around (laughs) and probably not a good plan. Uh, I'd be buying inflatables before the night's over. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, they, so they, you know, I'm charging $25 a table and, and the, the money actually goes to putting a logo onto a banner. Um, If we have 50, 50 tables that pay, for a logo that will actually create two banners and it's a way to highlight all of the nonprofits that are at the event this year or the, the profits for profits. Um, 
they can reach out to me through either Facebook or through our webpage. We just got our webpage up. Um, so there is a link on there where they can, can ask questions. Um, it's www.herostock.org. Okay. Um, the Facebook page is just Hero Stock. If you look it up, it should pop up. Uh, the event page is Hero Stock 2023. Okay. Um, so you guys can kind of, people can go on and see, you know, kind of what it is, the, the venue, that kind of stuff. Um, get kind of an idea of, of what we're doing um, outside of what we've talked about on the podcast. Um, but yeah, dude, it's, it's a great, a great way, you know, and they're, they can sell merch. They can hand out flyers. They can, you know, anything like that is, is up for grabs. So the one thing that we ask is that they don't push people to give donations. If people want to donate, they'll donate. Don't stand out there with a jar and bead on it. Like they do with the bell and the, the red, mm -hmm. red deals. Oh, yeah. I'll walk a mile to go in another entrance just, to, just to, I don't get seen. Right, right, and, and the crowd. Yeah, and and that was a cool thing last year. Like like Deuce came out and they set up their tent. Mm -hmm. They they had an amazing setup to begin with, but um, they were asking donations for shirts. And if you had made a donation for a shirt, then they would give you raffle tickets. And they at the end of the night, then they drew for a free hunt for a veteran in Western Nebraska. Oh wow! Um, and they they have whitetail, muley, antelope, turkey, or waterfowl, and you could take your pick of any one of those five. And the guy that won it is actually one of my board members' husbands, <laughs> and he was like, you know, I don't want the hunt; I want to donate it to my son. And but he's deploying; he's going overseas. Mm -hmm. So because he's military, so he he's overseas right now. So twenty twenty four. When he comes back, Deuce came back to him and said, here's the deal. We want both of you guys to come out. Oh, that's beautiful. So he gave both of them a, a hunt out there. And, you know, it was just super cool stuff like that. Um, but, like, standing out front, beating on the on the red kettle, with you know, we're not going to allow that. Um, we have the place that we're holding it at. We've got two food trucks coming in. We've got Johnny Rico's Pizza which is New York style pizza served out of a food truck. He's a veteran owned company out of Omaha. We got take him catering out of Omaha coming in. It's one of my buddies. I think he's going to do burgers and dogs and fries and kind of that kind of stuff. Um, the cornhole tournament, we'll have a sign up coming up. Um, got the silent auction, got the podcast coming in to do their lives and remotes. Uh, it sounds like the, the local news company is going to cover it. Um, so, I was yeah. going to ask that. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, they they uh, sounds like they're really really pushing to come out and and do some coverage on it. Um, I've reached out to Vet TV to come out and cover you know either the Silky Height coming in or the Ruck March. Um, we've got a couple photographers, couple videographers, a um, couple guys that'll be flying drones. Um, so there's going to be a lot of coverage this year. That's going to go out and a lot of video that's going to come out from this year too. So that's amazing. Yeah. And you know, these people are like, I'll come in and do it. I don't even want money for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And so I'm like, well, that's even better. If you're not asking to get paid, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I think, I think that's the, the greatest thing because like, that's just wanting to, to be around people, have fun and just do it. Yeah. 
that, yep. that's amazing. I know I'm coming. I'll be there definitely. Awesome. I gotta talk to Mike. I got ideas. I got ideas now. <laughs> well, I we got gotta get Mike out here. Oh, he's right. coming. He's coming. He's coming. Eric's coming. If Eric has to drive all of us, if he has to drive to pick me up and drive me up there, it's, it's happening. It's right. Happening. That's awesome. Because when I talk to I talked when I talked to both of them, uh, I think it was through text, group text on the phone. You know, Mike's like, "Yeah, it sounds like something we got we, we got to do." And Eric's like, "No, we're going." <laughs> like I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going." She told me about you know Hero Stock. I was like, "Yeah, that's amazing." Right. Like it's, a, it's the coolest thing I've ever heard of because I, there's nothing that I feel you, me personally being there, right? Just, just the environment of just veteran, like veteran world. I just think it's the coolest thing ever because everyone there doesn't care what branch you were in, what rank you got out at, what, what tours you did or what your damn MOS was. Yep. It's that you're a veteran, you're there, and you're part of the family. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, and, I, and yep. I, I commend you on doing it because I think it takes a lot of responsibility. It's a, you, that's a, you went from one rock to a, a mountain in your pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it has – and it, it, it takes a, a village. You know, I mean, Absolutely. I've, like I said, I'm super lucky with the team that I got. They're 100% behind this. They want to see it grow. They want to grow with it. Um, I'm very fortunate. And kind of the one thing that I've tried to do is build this with people around me that know more about stuff than I do mm-hmm. um, to make this successful. You know, so we brought in the media marketing company to help us with the algorithms on faith, Facebook and how to post stuff and how to hashtag stuff, because half the time I don't even spell right. So like they're writing part of my post and I'm putting them out and that kind of thing because <laughs> I like, otherwise it'll have five FUs in it. And mm-hmm. you know, that kind of, cause it's military language, you know, and somebody stole my red crayon and I'm going to go cry. So, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's a, it's a really cool deal. And I'm curious to see how integrating the first responders into is going to, going to kind of play out this year. I'm, I'm, thinking it's going to be just kind of across the board. Everybody sees it at, at what it is and it's just going to be a good time and, and hanging out and meeting and greeting and, you know, and that kind of thing. And the, the networking to me is probably the biggest portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to meet, you know, guys like you and, and guitars for heroes and um, having Deuce back in this year and getting to see them guys and hang out with them and that kind of stuff too. So um, it's, it's it makes my heart feel good to see how everything's going with it and how it's growing and the passion not only that I have but when I tell people about it and they they start talking about it and they get excited about it because they see what it is and and what it can do and help out so absolutely it's a giant impact yeah giant impact yeah but we've been on here for a while and um <laughs> You, you you already threw everything out um, on how you could be contacted. I will put everything in the show notes. Cool. But um, before I hop off here, what could you say to people about Hero Stock for them to want to come? To, to get people excited, to get, you know, the passion you feel that I, I'm not even, I ain't even been there. <laughs> I ain't never been to Nebraska, let alone, <laughs> let alone 
what I like this just seems like I'm excited. September 9th, two right. o'clock. I'm excited. Like I'm I'm excited. How, how can we get other people excited? Because I'm on I'm on board Hero Stock. I'm promoting it just because you're gonna inspire my life on Facebook to go even more because Hero Stock has to be. I'm I'm gonna make your life 10 times more harder. <laughs> I'm gonna push. I'm gonna push Hero Stock as much as I can because 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 it's it's the best advantage for anyone hurting, suffering, going through any kind of pain. To I mean, if that's not the biggest support group therapy session, I think you could ever have. Ever. And and how do I get people there? What do I say to get people there? You've got to see it. You you just have to come out and see it because. Mm-hmm. It's hard. You can't explain it. You can't. You can't understand the amount of. And I'm. I'm going to sound kind of weird here, but the amount of love that's there, the brother and sister, the brotherhood, the camaraderie, the the family. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. You know, and and it's a hundred percent free. You're mm-hmm. out nothing but time to come out and check this out. Do you believe it w- it wouldn't be as successful if a Marine wasn't in charge? Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't let my uh, board hear that because I got uh, two Navy and an Army guy. So, <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's uh, really it's it's you've got to see it, man. It's what I saw last year inspired me. I wanted to do it again, but it wasn't until everybody pushed me to say, Hey, you have to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it inspired me to see people hugging, like yelling at each other across the cornhole boards about freaking sailor. Oh, you damn chair force. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was just the, the, the bonds that were made there last year that, that made me want to push this farther than one night, you know, and, and make it a yearly event. And, um, see it grow see see how many people we can get there see how many people we can help you know and we may not know you know we may not know how many people we help but if it's one that's one less that's going to do it you know and and i think the people you have involved it's therapy for them it's it's help veterans that are involved i think you know that i think every step someone could take in 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 this universe of veteran suicide mental health awareness anything veteran that the help a veteran i think that just gives you extra energy gives you extra it's inspiring to say the least and it's a sense of service it's it's it goes back to that sense of service and and i'm still serving my veterans Mm -hmm. you know and and it makes me feel good it makes me helps me heal it helps somebody else heal you know, Absolutely. and that's, at the end of the day, that's what we're all trying to do, man. Cause we're living in a jacked up world right now. And, mm-hmm. and we've got to stick together because we are the 1%. Absolutely. So, well, Jason, I appreciate it. Um, I, I'm going to, I have to have you on again at the closer we get to September 9th. Definitely. So everyone, if you haven't uh, booked your bus ticket, your plane ticket, your Uber ticket, whatever <laughs> you need to do. It's going to be in Nebraska. What town again? Ashland, Nebraska. Ashland, Nebraska, yes. September 9th, 2 o'clock. Be there early if you want to be able to watch the Silky March, the Rucks, the Motorcycles, 
the fly in. <laughs> the veteran fighting in the parking lot. So, right. You uh, never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, I mean the tailgating, I'll get there on Monday, we'll begin tailgating. I mean, <laughs> I think I think it's gonna be ridiculous, but um if you're listening right now and you haven't already, make sure you go to Jason Steiner, go to his Facebook page. Every awesome veteran company that he talked about today, he has shared links on there. Just scroll down and you'll see all the discussions and all the posts that, that he has shared already. And um, make sure you tell somebody about Hero Stock. We're, we're months away, but 45 days, as you said earlier, could, could, could go come extremely fast. Right. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. reach out to us. That's that's the biggest thing, man. If you got any questions, reach out. If you need to talk and you want to fucking bullshit about the sky being blue, dude, I'll talk to you. Mm -hmm. I, as you can see, an hour and 36 minutes into this, I can talk. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm dangerous, man. I, I looked at the clock and I was like, uh oh, because yeah. I was like, we could just keep going. Right. Flawlessly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I, man, I, I appreciate it. Thank you I, for coming I, on. I and, and, and for everything that you're doing, I mean, I think it, it's historical, if anything. And I think it's only going to, it's only leading to bigger things for Hero Stock in the future. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate you having me on. Let me talk about yes, it. Um, Absolutely. It's been great, great chatting with you. I've been excited for this podcast after watching Contagion and seeing you on there. And, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be epic. It's, it's going to be an epic deal. So, absolutely. So, hey, if you're not there in Nebraska, Matt, what was it? What was it? Ashland, Nebraska, round the Ashland, bend. Ashland, Nebraska, September 9th, 2 o'clock. If you're not there, you're going to miss it. This has been the Every Second Counts podcast. Hero Stock.